You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and today we break down week 19 of the Premier League season. Here are today's topics. Manchester City grab an important three points at Stamford Bridge, beating Chelsea 1-0. Arsenal drop points at home, playing out an exciting 0-0 draw with Newcastle United. Manchester United continue their great form, beating Bournemouth 3-0. Liverpool struggle, losing 3-1 to Brentford. And Tottenham score four Crystal Palace, including two from Harry Kane, winning one. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. And let's not forget that the Super Motocross World Championship Series returns at Anaheim. Don't miss the action from the Angel Stadium this weekend, Saturday, 10am Eastern Time on USA and Peacock. And Sunday, 2pm Eastern Time on Big NBC. OK, Mr Musto, let's start our discussions off with a big high-profile game at Stamford Bridge. Um, Chelsea nursing one or two injuries. Facing Manchester City, trying to close that eight-point gap at the top of the table to Arsenal. And it's City that come away with the points after a somewhat strange first half. Um, and a Chelsea team in the end that looked more like an under-23 team than a team that's vying to win the Premier League title. How did you see it, Stamford Bridge? Bit of a strange game, this one, mate. Yeah, it was a strange game. I think, I think the, uh, the headline from the first half was Pep's changes, um, personnel changes and a system change. And uh, mm -hmm. we've seen this before from Pep Rob, where he, he throws a big wrinkle in and changes things a lot. And as players doing things, it's pretty unusual um, to that regard. It was, for example, Rodri was playing sometimes in a back three, which turned into a back four. Then he came out with the ball into midfield. Cancelo, we expected at left back. He played like a right wing back position. Um, I mean, changes on the left side. Phil Foden came back into the team, Rob, on the left-hand side. Mares uh, on the right-hand yeah. side. It was just um, <clears throat> a very unusual system setup that he that he went with. I thought the football struggled. Thought the fluidity struggled. I thought it was too difficult, too too complicated. Um, the football was very basic, very mm. squarey, very no no penetration. Um, I think their first shot, Rob. We had a, bit, a stat come through or something. It was like the 30, 33rd minute. Man City to make their first shot. I think that's the highest mm. or the, the highest number, the longest it's taken for a first shot for Man City since 2018. Like, it's a crazy... So, it just didn't work mm. out and there was nothing from... Well, you have one chance at Erlen Haaland in the first half where it just gets played in and, and doesn't get yeah. connect properly. So, first half was a bit of a write-off and a bit of a waste, I thought, for City um, in terms of trying to dominate and win the game. Second half, they made changes, but the first half... Rob was just like, yeah, okay, didn't work out, and he and he totally changed it for the second half. I heard you guys uh, talking a little bit about it at half time, and, and you were a little bit stronger than Tim on it. But 
Is this another one of those cases where Pep like talked about Chelsea, was worried about whether they were going to play three at the back and how they were going to play? And is this that Pep overcomplicating things? We know Chelsea. Remember, you know, let's go back to Champions League when he didn't yeah. play a holding midfield player, and yeah. people suggested, you know, that that is is the. Is this part of Pep that's maybe the, the flawed genius that, you know, his football's so complex, it's so good, it's so pleasing on the eye. Sometimes does he overthink it, Rob? Is, is there a chance of, I mean, they're going reasonably well, you know, the, the, the system's pretty grooved in, everybody knows what they're doing, as you see second half. What, what's in his head, Rob, to think that he needs to do it differently? Is he thinking people are starting to work them out? Maybe has Potter slightly spooked him a little bit with maybe some of his Brentford performances rather than maybe his Chelsea performances? Um, I, I, I mean, I can't imagine he was too worried about how Chelsea were going to set up, Rob, given the way that Chelsea have been playing. Mm. I, can't, I just can't imagine that. I think sometimes yeah. he chucks something different out there. To, just to keep everybody who's watching on their toes. Oh, oh, Pep could do this, and when we play them, they might do that. I think it was that. I mean, he, I think he mm. said afterwards, I think he might have hinted that yeah. he thought Chelsea might play three at the back. I just, I, I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, you know, I did the um, lineups on our tactics board before the game, and, it, and it's so difficult <laughs> when you do a Pep team. Mm. Actually, Graham Potter as well, actually, it's not <laughs> easy to read. Yeah. Um, but I thought Chelsea might be different. I kind of, Chelsea was kind of as we expected, but City was very, very different. Thing is, though, Rob, we, yeah. we did get to hear that right before half time that Akanji um, and Rico Lewis were warming up as if, like, okay, he's going to go back to what yeah. it's like in the last game and the game before mm. against Leeds United. In fairness, in fairness, he was big enough to do that, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and he, it made he all didn't difference. sort of stay with it and, 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 and be stubborn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll talk about, about the players that came in. From Chelsea's point of view, Rob, that would be, wouldn't that almost be. I know they're not playing particularly as well as they would like, but a City team that's a bit disjointed, that's not got their rhythm, with a reasonable-looking uh, starting lineup for uh, Chelsea with Sterling, uh, Ziyech back in the team, a bit of a surprise, Pulisic. Um, and then the two injuries coming very early in the game, which kind of disrupted any kind of flow that maybe Graham Potter would have liked. Um, certainly disappointing for Sterling first few minutes against his former team and then Pulisic in an attempt to, to strike on goal yeah. looks like he's, he maybe caught his ankle or his ligament or something in the challenge and, and he was off as well and then all of a sudden Graham Potter's lineup looks very different and, and his options are not quite as good as we'd expect from the Chelsea team Yeah, I think I just think it's uh, it's it's difficult it's a tough watch Chelsea right now Rob and of course, when you look at their league table position, uh, it's incredible where they are, like mid-table for Chelsea Football Club and some of the teams that are above yeah. them, your Brentfords and your Fulhams, etc., mm. etc. It's a terrible look. And I'm not, I'm, not giving him, I'm not giving him a total pass here because with the players available now, they still should be doing better. But given the yeah. injuries and, and given the extra injuries in this match and then given, I thought, Rob, the performances or the mentality, the attitude from some of the players in the Chelsea side, and I'm talking, well, talking about Sub who came in, yeah. Aubameyang came into the game, Rob. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was on the bench. He's mm. been on the bench for recent games. And maybe he doesn't like that yeah. and he doesn't want anything to do with it. And when he comes on, he offered nothing in the game, nothing, because he came on very early, didn't he, for the first injury to, to Raheem Sterling. I thought yeah, Hakim yeah. Ziyech had a chance to, yeah. to, to kind of establish himself again a little bit and, and find some of the form that we saw in, for Morocco in the World Cup. I don't think he looked particularly at it. And Mark Kukurea, 
a player that you know we've watched and enjoyed at Brighton and before that and, and uh, got, at, got we had no had, had no kind of fight in him at, at left fullback. All these players you know went out of the mm. game. Abamyang was subbed out of it later on. Robbie was brought on and then subbed out again. So he's yeah. got all these issues, Rob. Off, again, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to give him a total out here because there's a lot of good players there that he's got to inspire, and that's why I'm a bit worried right now. I think we said it on our last podcast about is he inspiring this team and are they going to fight for him and play for him? But there's so many issues with injuries, you know, mm. both before and during the game. Yeah. It's difficult to be too critical. I mean, I thought I, I enjoyed Chelsea in the last 20 minutes, Rob, when the young players, the kids that come through the academy, yeah. Yeah. Lewis Hall at, at yeah. left back looks mm. better. I mean, I've seen him a couple of times now than Kukurea. Kukurea was yeah. $76 million. Mm. And we think about, you know, Chelsea are going to go out there and buy another, a lot of new great players. Well, try and get it right because yeah. even Ziyech hasn't really mm. done it consistently for Chelsea at all. Aubameyang's been a, proved to be a bad bit of business as well. You know, they've got to get these yeah, signings right. Yeah. So that's, that's the worry. And, 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 and it's, it's mm. looking messy and horrible for Chelsea at the moment. Sort of my takeaway from from the Graham Potter situation, just in terms of Chelsea, is that actually now Rob is really finding out what managing a big six team is all about. Because I was thinking, like, remember he had a little spell where yeah, he had a couple of games didn't go for well when he was at Brighton, and I always remember the game was Brighton versus Leeds at home, and they got booed off. I think it was a nil nil, and they got booed, and it was a bit like you know. Maybe a few hundred Brighton fans booing. Most people, most Brighton fans would be really respectful of what he's done and, 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 and pleased with, with the progress the club have made under, under his, his tenure. But when you're at Chelsea, Rob, and you've got injuries, which is a big problem, he's got maybe slightly demotivated players, some star players. There's lots of things, noise going around Chelsea, you know, with signings coming in and this player, and if they're fighting, you know, Mudrick and... and um, players that they're trying to sign, how much he knows about that, how much he's on side of that. And then just being at a big six club with voices, with things going on, I, I just hope that he he's slightly embracing it and he's realising this is what he's got to do to prove because if for any reason this doesn't go well and he loses his job, people are, the first thing people are going to say is, ah, he couldn't handle the big six, couldn't handle the big players. And... He's kind of got to find his way past that, Rob, if he's going to take that next step. Pochettino was a great example, went from Southampton to Spurs and, you know, had to find his way. And, you know, Ten Hag's come in at Manchester United. Different experience, I get it, uh, for my ex, but had to kind of go through a few tough times, install a bit of discipline, and now we're seeing the rewards. I just think Graham Potter's got to go through a little bit of this, Rob, to come out the other side. And I hope he's got the kind of drive and, and, and the will to, to see it out and, and doesn't start thinking like, well, maybe this in for me, maybe this job's too big for me. Because I think he's good enough, Rob. I mean, tactically, and, and, and once he gets the squad right and the balance and chemistry right, then he'll prove it to be a good manager. But, listen, there's a few things going on that he's got to deal, he's got to dress. And you know what, Rob? If now and then you've got to get one or two out or train him with the kids, if Aubameyang's not going to give you anything... And you've got to stick in with the kids. Sometimes you've got to do those kind of things just to let everybody know you're the guy in charge. Yeah, and just a couple of things, Rob, as well, to give to give him a little bit of um, maybe a little bit of a break as well. That, that Thomas Tuchel wasn't going great towards the end of his time at Chelsea. Rob didn't have a striker. Still haven't got no. a striker. No. Didn't have fullbacks that were fit. Still, fullbacks, mm. the best fullbacks, Chilwell and Reese James, are not fit. So there's still 
problems there now that he's trying to yeah. figure out where Tuchel couldn't do it as well. I mean, I, mm. I, like you, Rob, I, yeah. I hope this continues. I hope that, I mean, if they lose the next couple, two or three games, Rob, I, I don't know what Todd Bowley's like. I don't know whether I, I, my sense is, and we yeah, don't know yeah. enough yet, that, that this is a long-term thing. And, the, and some of these new players mm. that are signing, defender that's just signed, Badi Cheville, uh is on a seven-and-a-half-year contract. So it feels Badi like Shield, everybody's yeah. signing these long contracts. To, mm. And that makes sense. So I, I just want to cut, it's, it's, yeah. cut to the point where players are in, Windows closed. The fit players are back. Okay, let, let's see. Mm. Let's see it now, Graham Potter. What you've got and how are you going to manage yeah. this and how are you going to yeah. try and build a team? Because at the moment, it is very, very transitional and it has been for a while, isn't it? Let's face it, when the club, the Abramovich time and trying to get... Yeah. I mean, my goodness, they've had a, a bit of a nightmare of a, of a of a 12-month period or whatever it is. But I just hope that they can kind of hang yeah. in there. It looks like they're not going to win anything or they're not... Well, they're still in the, the Champions League. I believe that they can still win that. But... Um, yeah, very, very difficult, Rob. I just, just switching back over to Man City, Rob, because the second half was so different and the players yeah. came back into the team that mm-hmm. have been playing. So the ones, you know, particularly like Rid Maris. Sorry, yeah. I think I've said that he started. He didn't start. He came in on, on that side. Cancelo played on that right-hand side. He came in half, yeah. Yeah, so he came into yeah, the yeah. game. Jack Grealish come back on, assisted for, for mm. Maris's goal. So two players that have yeah. been playing pretty so well then, yeah. that were left out. They were back in. And a very interesting player, and I'm going to go straight to my mm. underappreciated performer of this midweek round of fixtures, Rob. And it's Rico Lewis. Mm-hmm. Underappreciated is is maybe not quite the right mm-hmm. summary of him right now because he hasn't. I yeah. mean, he's so new that you know he he, he maybe get appreciated yeah. very very quickly. It's hard what, to what, appreciate I mean, him or it's not. More, yeah. It's more of mm-hmm. everybody. We got to look at this guy. I mean, we saw him play a couple of times now, Rob. Brilliant mm. the way he plays fullback from the academy. He's 18 years of age. He started at eight years of age. Yeah. At Manchester City's academy, mm-hmm. they play like the first team plays. The fact that he can come in to the first team, mm-hmm. to the champions, 18 years of age, play a fullback in a very complicated way where he comes into midfield, he sometimes goes forward, he sometimes comes back, he gets the ball, he makes great decisions. The manager afterwards said that Rico Lewis changed the game and that he's fantastic. And he's so thankful yeah. for the academy. And he can play outside. He can play inside. Um, just, just, it's just an, it's a, it's a, a tip of the hat to this 18-year-old kid yeah. that we all... He's an English player. Just to watch him play and how technically good he is and great decision-making that he makes when he's on the ball, both outside and inside. And he, and he, I didn't say change the game, like Pep said afterwards, but I tell you, that right mm. side now with, with Kyle Walker, you know, going out the side, Akanji came back in as well. Yeah. Um, it just, it's just one for everybody to watch out for. Rico Lewis looks very, very good. It's a really good shot, mate. Really good shot. We saw him in the Champions League, didn't we? He scored in the Champions League. I think it was his, his first game in, and we started to see. And then we've seen yeah. him play in that midfield role where he, he, he can be so good. We, we were at Leeds game, weren't we, where we saw him, and he can, he's, he's happy to have the ball, confident. It's interesting that Pep said all the players gain confidence when he come on the yeah. pitch, like 18-year-old kid with these That's top nice. players. Yeah. It's a really good shout. And um, I just wonder if it's a start of, Rob, a little bit of a transition with, with Pep, that, you know, one or two of those old names have been great for them over the past. You know, there might be a time in, in the next year or two we start to see a transition of some of these young players. And, and again, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast, but it's something City don't get enough credit for. The academy and how if they're good enough, you get a chance, yeah. you know, the Foden's, the Cole Palmer's, you know, Rico Lewis. What's the under-23s, Rob? I saw the under-23s play sometime last year. These are about three or four 
left-footed players who've all got the Foden, the Cole Palmer, that can play strong, lovely left foot, can see pictures. Um, and they deserve a lot of credit, uh, City, because they put a lot of money and a lot of effort into that academy when they first went to the football club. And I think, what, like 10 years on now, we're starting to see the benefit of those six, seven, eight-year-old kids who were then, who are now coming through to the first team. So, really great shout on, on Rico Lewis. Yeah. Just before before we, we, we close up on, on City, a couple of other players I just want to give a quick mention to, uh, my friend. John Stones. Mm. John always got a rick in it in Stones. It's actually my friend since the World Cup, playing with a lot more maturity, with a responsibility. And I thought in the first half when most of his teammates looked a bit out of colour, I thought he was, he was, he was excellent. He's challenged on Pulisic as Pulisic goes through his top draw. He's covering positions. I thought once or twice in the first half were excellent. Um, so John Stones is somebody who, we, you know, at times we've criticised for his concentration. And is he really going to be yeah. the top guy with, with other sort of start the Diaz's and Laporte's next to him? thought he was excellent today, John Stones. The other player, Rob, I just want to mention, I know you, you touched on him just as the uh, show was finishing today, and he did a lovely interview with, with, with our partner, Sky Sports. Jack Grealish, my friend. Jack Grealish is a player who I think we all, we all like because of what he can do, what he brings. And, and as I was watching his interview today and saw his second-half performance as he came on, Jack Grealish, to me, Rob, is a player who, despite all the, you know, the skills and the look and the, 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 the clothing and the fashion and, the, you know, the coolest guy in town, I think he's still a little bit of a slightly low-confidence guy. And I think when his confidence is up, like he was at Villa, when he's the man and Dean Smith's telling him, go and play where you want, I think you see the best of Jack. Mm. I think in a difficult system that he's still having to work out and he talks about himself, I think there's still challenges. And, and I just get the sense that he's starting to feel better about himself and be more comfortable in what City are doing and feeling he can have an influence more on what City are doing. And I thought was he, he was very honest today with his interview after the game. And I think we're just starting to see maybe what, Pet ball and some of what Jack can do in terms of taking City on to the next level. Yeah, super interesting, Rob. I think the the, the best bit for me is when he talked about with Pep. You know, I, I, he's got he's he's got to play in certain spots. He hasn't got that license to go everywhere. You know, he hasn't yeah. got the fullback uh, overlapping yeah. him all the time. The teams do mm. drop in there, and it's, it's it's very very different. I think I think it comes down to production. Three assists in his last three in the Premier League. That's more like it from Jack Grealish. If if he if he's on yeah. those type of numbers yeah. and, he, and he grows from here. Obviously, the goals will have to come as well. Um, that's what you want to see. And Phil Foden got mm -hmm. a chance today, didn't take it. Now, his numbers have been good up to this point. He's been the yeah. best player on the left-hand side. And I think we've said that. I've certainly said it, that he's the best option for there. But things change in football and, and players learn. And, and it was a great interview. He, he's having a laugh and um, so open yeah, about really it's good. much yeah. harder than he thought it was. So mm -hmm. it's a good point. And I was going to ask you about Jack Grealish. I'm pleased you brought it up. Um, yeah. But no, City turned it on second half. Players that have been playing were back in the side and yeah. it, off the bench, and they were looked a lot better. And it's a, it's an important three points for Man City, who, who even were better in the second half. Still, there's there's a lot more to come from Rob, isn't there? I, I still don't think they they there's more to come hit, in, Yeah, yeah, they yeah. didn't reach fifth gear really, but still won the game one nil, mm -hmm. um, and they're five points uh, back from Arsenal Football Club. Behind, yeah. Mm. Yeah, still a bit ominous, like you say, City to get better, maybe one or two World Cup headaches with one or two of the players. But um, yeah. yeah, close that gap to five and you, you know with Pep and City that at any point they can go on, on, on one of those long runs that change the look at the top of the table. 
Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let's move it to the Emmets, mate. I think one of the most anticipated games of, of, of this match week round, uh, Arsenal at home to Newcastle, first versus third, top of the table, Eddie versus Mikel Arteta. Um, didn't play out in terms of goals, Rob, but I think, you know, for, for any kind of football lover, uh, it was a decent nil-nil. There was, mm. there, was, there was plenty of good football on show. There was plenty of good attacking from one side, good defending from the other, plenty of incident. Let's go to let, let's go to this first of all the two big incidents that Mikel Arteta went very very strong on after the game. Rob, he thought that Arsenal should have had two penalties. I slightly disagree with him, and, and again I'll, I'll I'll put my point out there. I thought the Dan Burn one was a possibility. Uh, I didn't think it was a stone wall. I think it was a possibility and could have been looked at. I didn't think that the the Murphy one with the handball was. No. I thought proximity. I didn't think his hand was in it to an unexpected position. Um, and probably for the way that they defended and the manner in which they defended, maybe Newcastle will feel they deserved the draw. But what was your, what was your your take on on, on the the big calls and then what was your over, overriding feelings of the game? Well, first of all, on the calls, I agree with you. Not handball in a million years. It's not handball. It, mm. it, his arm is really close to his body. It hits his arm, but come on, it's absolutely not. And the other one, yeah, the Dan Burn one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit, but come on, no, no. So I, I agree with the officials mm. on it. Um, I mean, Mikel Arteta, we should talk about it in a, in a second. Let me, let me just give my overriding kind of Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah. I, I thought it was a brilliant yeah. game. I thought it was a brilliant game, Rob, because I love to see yeah. teams go yeah. flat out like that. We, have, we haven't seen... We don't, we don't see teams go flat yeah. out. You know, when you watch Liverpool right now, the way that they're playing, and even Man City in the game against Chelsea, Rob, in this recent game... Yeah. They, they do it yeah. in different ways, of course. But I just love the fact that it was two teams Not at that level, going yeah. 100% flat out. Arsenal desperate to win the three points. Fl- you know, really quick out the blocks. Newcastle yeah. United realised, wow, this is going to be mm. difficult. They roll, literally rolled their sleeves up and they yeah. fought and they scrapped and they ran and they <laughs> were together and they had a great shape. Yeah. They had counter-attacks. I just thought it was a brilliant game, Rob. And I, and I you know, it, it's two teams that are going yeah. places. And it's two teams that I feel in their yeah. dressing rooms and I've said this a million times, think that something special is happening because I absolutely believe in that. I felt it myself mm. when, in, in, in way back when I was playing. We had a great year and stuff. And you feel it. And I think these two teams put on a performance that, that looked like that. I know when yeah. you see nil-nil, you want goals, you want a winner maybe. I just thought it was a great game, Rob. Great, yeah. great, great game. Um, 
you know, yeah, Eddie Nketiah could have won it. Eddie Nketiah had a chance where he goes through, he makes a, a decent shot. Um, with the shot, he yeah, keep pokes, it, yeah, pokes, uh, Nick Pope makes a save, and he feet. kicks it away, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I just thought I really, really enjoyed the game because of two teams. You know, mm. somebody asked me, Rob, about it. I was uh, with a friend of mine and was sort of saying, wow, how fast is the Premier League? And I said, that, 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 that's, that's, that's how it is. Yeah. And certain times, it's so fast, you can't mm. catch a breath. And I just enjoy watching teams that go flat out like that. And, and, and the attacking football, yeah. the defending football, the quality, I thought it was intense, quality, passion, all of the above, yeah. wrapped up in a brilliant atmosphere at the stadium there at Arsenal. Um, yeah, love the game. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, uh, the, the pace of the game is something that I think we appreciate from even the, the game we played. It's another level. I think when one of the great things when we go to England, Rob, and, and we, we're, we're, we're pit side, you do see it at another level then. And, and, and I would implore anybody who ever gets a chance, whether you're yeah, in the US or the anywhere around the world listening to this, and you get a chance to go to a game and get close to that pitch, it is, and it takes it to another level. It's like, you know, theatre and, and art and drama and everything mixed into one. Mm. Um, I, I totally agree in, in, in that, you know, I looked at the, this game, Rob, and I, and I was thinking, cool. You know, these two clubs over the last few years have had nothing like this, Rob, have they? They've, you know, they've both no. been on sort of difficult times and trying to re-establish themselves. And all of a sudden, they're back shining, they're back sort of being the best sort of personality that they can be. You know, Arsenal flowing, you know, attacking football, you know, giving it everything to score. Newcastle playing on a clever counter-attack, but having a, a defence that, you know, Steve Bruce would, would have killed for this defence because Steve Bruce wanted to defend with a, def, a defence like this and then break away. He, he didn't have the players, he didn't have the settle, didn't probably get the, the, the motivation in the organisation. Um, I think it's 10 clean sheets now for, for, for Newcastle and Nick Pope. And I think you mentioned the other day some of the, um, you know, big signings who've gone in, Guimaraes and, and, and the likes who've come in. Nick Pope's been a Really good signing for him. Yeah. Steady, solid, just what you want. Not uh, not over dramatic. Um, does a good good job for him. Looks like a really good communicator. I just feel like I just felt like it's the best version of these two teams we've seen for some time. Um, you know, I think the nil nil draw in the end. Newcastle just about deserved that. I suppose my thoughts would go to, and it's interesting you say the Inketia uh, chance. Does a top class striker in there make a difference? For, for Arsenal. I, I, you know, and that's what I've heard, Rob. Rob you know, does, I've, heard, does that... I've heard that, and I think it's yeah. unfair. I think it's unfair. He scored goals in his, his first couple of games yeah. back in as, as the main number mm-hmm. nine. He always, yeah. I, I just think it's, it's too easy Correct. for people to sort of say, oh, look, we need another striker. You know, if Arsenal want to win the title, they've got to, do, they've got to go in the market. And I don't know. Mm. I don't know whether they have. I mean, Jesus isn't going to be you know, injured for that long. I like Enketia. Yeah, I thought he, the way he played surprised me. Probably. Absolutely, Rob. I, yeah. thought he, I thought he surprised me. His general play was pretty good. He turned a couple of times. He had a couple of runs in the box. Mm. I don't know. I just think it's so easy for everybody to say, "Let you know, I also need a new striker. Go on then, go and try and find one. Go and try and find one that's going to be happy to come to a club that, yeah. you know, in a few a few weeks' time, you got Jesus that's going to expect to play. The money that you need on that particular position." I, I just think they've got to be really, really careful if they do go for another striker. Wow, I mean, yeah. uh, I don't know about that. Um, it's, got to, it's got to be the, the, the top end, hasn't it? It's got to be the top end. Mudrick, or if, if he's available, obviously... It, yeah, he's a bit different, Rob, isn't he? He's not going to play... He's a bit different. He's not going to play as a striker. He's yeah. more of a wide player. Martinelli might play at no. one end. I, I, I wide like that. Martinelli, maybe, or whatever, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's good business, but... Um, just Mikel Arteta, Rob, because he got some headlines. It was interesting that I, I saw Pep Guardiola the day after started to talk about mind games, and there was a little bit of like, you know, you have to handle the pressure at the top of the, uh, of the league. Um, there's a long way to go. I think we, we're still a game away from, from halfway. Mm. Arsenal have been brilliant to this point, absolutely top class. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Mikel Arteta on the sideline? Are you okay with the emotion? Is that part of who he is and part of what gets the team going? Do you feel he has to maybe restrict himself a little bit, Rob, to make sure that his team stay calm? Where are you with managers and what we're seeing on the pitch? Because it does have an effect. We only have to go back to the, remember Sir Alex and Kevin Keegan era when, you know, so Alex got to him, Newcastle kind of lost it, and, and with that, lost the game, lost their composure and, and lost the title. How's Mikel Arteta, do you think, going to sort of handle that kind of pressure and some decisions that don't go his way on the sideline? You know, it's, it's a really interesting uh, conversation, Rob, because I get it, right? I, and I know a lot mm. of the fans of teams like to see their manager animated. Mm. I, think, I think the players, yeah. in some ways... Um, look over and maybe react to it and are fired up as well but I think there's a fine line and, yeah. and to be fair to the players of Arsenal Football Club now Rob they are in control of themselves it wasn't long ago Rob but we talked about Arsenal yeah. losing discipline and all these red cards and stuff like that yeah. you know mm. and, and Arteta cards, yeah, yeah. to try and so I think there's a bit of a risk if Arteta takes us any further that all of a sudden on the field the players are going to go over the line Rob and maybe they're going to get some of these uh, yellow cards again. I think the, mm. one of the, all the players that surround the referee and all that. Um, so I think that I think he's got to be careful of that. But in general, I think he looks a bit of a yeah. prat on the sideline. I think he looks. I think he's like. I mean, I think Eddie Howe said. I think he said to him like, you know, calm down. Like he's going crazy on the side. He's getting everybody's yeah. face and running up and down and outside his technical mm. area all the time. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it. But again, I understand that fans, maybe the Arsenal fans do like it. There was a phone-in, yeah. Rob, on the UK radio, which we tune into a lot. And this, you know, what do you think to Arteta? Okay. You like it? And some, and it, they were mixed. Some of them liked it. They don't want a manager like they compared yeah. to um, yeah. Antonio Conte, his recent, that loss against mm. Aston Villa. And he's kind of there. He's, you know, yeah. he's not animated. And some of, so some of them liked Arteta. Others like, mm. you know, we've got to be careful here. We don't get too wound up, too emotionally involved. And then, yeah. you know, something breaks with that. So, to answer your question, I think he's, I think he's overacting on the sideline. I think a lot of it's for show, for effect, um, and it, he won't care what I think. It, it, I guess he, as long as the team's winning and, and it, he feels mm. it's helping his team, then okay. Yeah. I just think he's a he's a he's a bit of a clown on the sideline. What, what do you think? Um, I, I like managers to be themselves, first and foremost, and that comes with a balance. So if if, if that's your personality, if you're not putting it on, you're saying sometimes you're putting it on either for cameras or for, for effect or whatever, that, I, that I'm not cool with and I, and I don't get. Because I think you get found out with that, and I think your players can see through that. Yeah. They'll know what he's like, and, 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 and I'm okay with him being himself, Rob, but I, I'm with you. It can go too far. It can get too much. He, you know, he started to end up having an argument with Eddie Howe, who was almost just trying yeah. to say, OK, I don't think it's handball. Don't, don't worry. 
and 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 and, it, and if it starts to become too much, it becomes an issue. And it'll be something I'm telling you that other teams will jump on, other managers will jump on, the media will jump on. Like, oh, Arteta lost control and Arsenal lost the title. And he yeah. deserves better than that, and the yeah. club deserves better than that. Yeah. There is times, Rob, that when when you've been unbadly done, when you can let it go. I didn't think any of those two occasions were. No, and if, no. if he's going like that over this, yeah. what's it going to be like if something, you know, somebody gets a card or you know something else happens? He can't so, see Rob. Can he? He can't I see just from want where him to he be is. I want him to be him. No, we can't see. And he's jumping up and down. He's trying to... Now, again, Rob, I don't know if he's trying to do a little bit... You know, Sir Alex used to do it back in the day and and Wenger maybe used to do it where you're trying to force referees and just influence things. Now, again, but I don't know if that's him, Rob, yet. And the way he's doing it doesn't quite feel authentic. So my big thing would be yourself, Mikel. We've seen the documentary. We've seen how you are where you play. We've seen it. Just, just be yourself, because that's doing pretty good so far. Yeah, uh, just, just a final thing for me on the game, just think about the game, Rob. I, just, I do want to give some more credit to Newcastle United. The way that they have turned around, the way they are fighting now for the, for the mm. club is amazing. Yes. Um, I think you made a really good point earlier, Rob, about these two clubs that, that haven't had this fun and excitement for many years, and they're mm. loving it. They're loving it. I thought the atmosphere in the stadium was great. Cool. Those Geordie fans, by the way, yeah. something else. That's a four or five-hour, at least drive down from from Tyneside yeah. down to North London you know a lot of them would be going back getting in at three o'clock in the morning probably uh, I thought the fans were superb for Newcastle United yeah. we, we know that and and they are incredibly incredibly excited about yeah. how the team is doing and the team is doing them proud for every single player Rob there's not one you know we just again it's easy to compare isn't it with with games that, that other teams are, mm. that are not at it they're not carrying any players in Newcastle, or nor Arsenal. They're yeah. not carrying anybody. From there. They're all absolutely at it, given everything. And again, nil-nil, but I, I, I tell yeah. you, I thought it was a really, really good game. Yeah, excellent game of football, nil-nil at the top, so a point of peace share, first and third. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Mm. Uh, Let's move on to a team that seems to be ticking along very nicely at the moment. Manchester United uh, home to Bournemouth. Manchester United 3, Bournemouth 0. Uh, a little bit of a worry for Gary O'Neill. Things going uh, a little bit awry since he uh, was appointed the uh, full-time job. Uh, but for Ten Hag, Manchester United and their sort of um, pursuit of top four, Rob, 
pretty good at the moment. Um, was it three straight wins in the Premier League? Pretty much clean sheet for, I think, Arsenal were the last team to score at Old Trafford in the league against Manchester United Red somewhere. Um, I heard a lot of appreciation. I read a really good article on somebody wrote, uh, on Ten Hag, Robin, just saying that the discipline that he's bought is the basis for what we're seeing. Um, you know, whether it was Ganacho, I think, very early on. Remember, the young kid was a bit on timekeeping, and, and that got mentioned. You know, we we saw the Rashford yeah. incident with Wolves that. that he, he puts to bed the Ronaldo thing. We've seen he's dealt with. Eventually, you know, he's moved on, put to bed. There's a discipline and organisation about the team. There's an accountability about the team that we haven't seen for United for, for, for some time. Yeah, I think so, Rob. And I, and I think uh, it's great, isn't it? I mean, it's great for Man United fans to feel like they're on the right track, to feel mm. like they've got mm. the right manager to feel like that the the style of play is what they want to see rob and that hasn't been the case for i mean i mean like, yeah. like loads and loads of years i i think he's getting it all in there it's, it's, now you start to see you know what he wants in terms of the style of play um there's some selections he's made there's some mm. uh, transfer dealings that have worked out casemiro continues to excel rob uh, the way that he does it in midfield um right. scoring a goal in this game as well in the 3-0 victory rashford scores again um, mm. And I just quickly, I mean, we of course we chat we ch- chat briefly about an under underappreciated performer each match. Yeah, Robin, and you know I'm influenced by Rico Lewis of just watching that game. But my guy that I was going to go with is Luke Shaw, yeah. and of course, like you know, in terms of an honourable mention, I've got to talk about Luke Shaw, Rob, because my goodness, yeah. if there's a player at Man United that's gone up to down to up, and he's great, and he's not great, and he's this, and he's that, and he's injured. Is he injured? Is he weak? Is he soft? Yeah. Is he, God, he's, <laughs> he's had to take so much criticism and scrutiny. I, I can't believe it. I have always really yeah. liked him as a player. Now, there's been moments where, you know, he takes so much criticism, you think, well, maybe he is he then. Maybe, maybe he isn't all that. And sometimes the goals do come down his side. But I think this, this season, and um, for maybe 12 months now, he had a good World Cup, I think he's looked excellent as a right fullback, yeah. Rob. He's, he's deceptively quick. He's good on the ball. And this little switch into the, the left side of a, of a central defensive partnership with Varane mm. or, or, or wherever it has been recently, he's looked, he's looked a million bucks. He's looked a million bucks because he's a good defender. He's, yeah. he's, he's short. He's good on the ball. He makes great passes. He's quick. He can get in behind. And it's interesting, you know, I read something the other day, um, sort of basically saying about Luke Shaw and... And well done, Ten Hag, because in modern-day Premier League football, <clears throat> it's not yeah. what it used to be, Rob. It's not what it used to be. Set pieces, yeah. Set pieces, you need a couple of big guys to, to get out there and head the ball out. But it's not yeah. as though Luke Shaw, playing for Man United in this Premier League, is defending a ton of crosses. The, 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 it's changed, oh, Rob, hasn't it? Yeah, it's kind yeah. of changed where it's more intricate and wingers come inside and mm-hmm. they shoot. Yeah. There's less yeah. crosses where a, a shorter centre-back, and, and United know this, of course, with Lissandro Martinez, who's done great. Um, I just thought it was an interesting point that in modern day football, maybe at the top Mm. level, I mean, I mean, does it, do you really, particularly if if your other one is a, like a Varane or somebody or a Maguire plays with him or something that's got more height and can head the ball. So I thought that was interesting. And Ten Hag, I guess, feels the same way. Like, do we have to have hugely tall centre-backs? Unless we're playing against Brentford and a few of the others. But I I think Luke Shaw deserves a mention (laughs) for how he switched from left-back to centre-back. It's and good the, and the longevity, yeah. 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 It's, it's a good shout because uh, I was watching. Uh, I didn't actually see the game, and, and then ended up watching a highlight package. Yeah. And, and then I just saw his goal, Rob. 
and had to go back a couple of times and watch it. From left back, he intercepts. He's, he's build up plays, pace. He runs forward. He gets in the box. He finishes with his le- his right foot, and it's like wow, you know. For all the criticism he's had and what he is and in his body shape and this and oh, that and everything. height and could he be? Everything. I mean, I mean, it has been. It's all been uh, aimed at him, and, and I think you know, in fairness to him. He's had to toughen up and, and accept a little bit. You know, he, the time when Mourinho was there and he had a difficult time with him. Um, it's a great shout for you to appreciate because he's coming. It was interesting, Rob. I looked at the whole back four. You look at the back four of Wan Bissaka, Harry Maguire, Victor Lindelof, and Luke Shaw. It was it was almost like an Ollie back four. It was like a retro for, yeah. for all the new signings that come in, the Dallos and the Brands and the Martinez. It, yeah. it was that old back four, but that old back four in. A slightly different culture, Robert, with a different kind of setup that all kind of starts seeing the, 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 the better of them, the better side of them, the best side of Luke Shaw. You know, Harry Maguire is, I assume, still got to cement his place back in the team, but, you know, performances are good enough, another clean sheet. The goalkeeper behind, who's one of those, Robert, it's an interesting one with David De Gea. Now, I was interested in this one, like, we know De Gea now, he, he's coming to that age where you either got to go with him and give him a decent contract him for the next, say, three years and go with him, or does he quite fit the playing out of the back goalkeeper that, you know, now you've got to be good with your feet and be able to play in the midfield, etc., etc. Would you sign David De Gea if you were in charge? I would, personally. I still think he's good enough with his hands and capable enough with his feet to still be a number one at Manchester United, because I just feel... A little bit for me, Rob, is becoming a, a new number one at Man United is not as easy as just going in and keeping goal. There's, there's a pressure that comes with that role that he had when he went, and many great goalkeepers have been there. Our own Tim Howard will tell you the expectancy of, of, of what that is. Where would you be with De Gea if you were in charge? I really like him, so I'd be keeping him. And I think we've, just over the last couple mm. of days, Rob, there's reports that he's willing to take a pay cut. I think he's he's one of those that got he got well one of those he got a huge contract for his last one, talking yeah. three hundred and seventy five thousand mm-hmm. pounds a week or something, a really yeah. high number. I think he said that he wants to finish his career at Manchester United. Um, I don't know. It's a big call by mm-hmm. the club. Like you said, if they're going to change him up, I mean, wow. You yeah. Know, good luck trying to find somebody as good as him. I get. The only thing, the reason would be the playing well, out. Well, Jordan back. Pickford, I've seen Jordan Pickford got mentioned. Oh. Yeah, Jordan Pickford's name's come up in, in one or two conversations. I, 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 personally, I, I wouldn't change that, Rob. I think there's other, other bits of this squad that I'd want no. to yeah. focus on and spend some money on. And, and if De Gea, you know, if he's happy mm. at the club and he wants to stay on and, and the contract can be sorted, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mess around with it. And I, but I respect those who think that there should be a change there, but, yeah. but not for me. Other areas of the team, you know about the centre-forward, the knack-off, mm. and trying to replace Ronaldo or whatever. But um, yeah. no, it's just good to report a good Man United, Rob. You know, we, we, yeah, we'll jump on teams yeah. when they're, when they're yeah. not doing well. For sure, of course we'll do that. But also, I, I like to think that we give praise when teams are playing better mm. and they fix some issues. And Ten Hag, you know, you've got to like what he's doing, Rob. You really have. Yeah, I was, I was talking about to a friend of mine. I just said, you know, the big thing is is like your culture at your football club, and he's starting to change it. You can see some of the things he's doing with discipline, but he looks like he's got a good relationship with the players. Casemiro's become the look and learn from him guy. Just you know, has, has won everything, but his appetite and the way he plays, and you just don't get the sense now United are going to sort of you know, listen. 
they're going to lose in dual games, but you just don't get the sense they're going to go three or four games in and, and, and yeah. see those performances where nobody turns in. And uh, a lot of credit to Ten Hag for what he's done. Let's move on, my friend, to the GTEC Stadium, to Brentford at home to Liverpool. Um, I think we all realise what Brentford are at home with Thomas Frank in, in, the, in the group. There's no Ivan Tony; he wasn't available, not quite fit enough to to uh, join the squad after he was stretched off against West Ham. But we're hearing that injury is not too bad, so good news for Brentford on that front. Um, not so good news for Liverpool, Rob, who I thought um, got out fought outthought and were outplayed against the Brentford team who looked way more up for, for, the, for the, the game than Liverpool did, which I think has got to be a little worry for Jurgen Klopp in the, their hopes of finishing in the top four. Yeah, absolutely right, Rob. I mean, this is, this is so weird that we're talking about a Jurgen Klopp team uh, mm. that gets out four and outrun a little bit. I think, I think we all know, and certainly Jurgen Klopp and the Liverpool squad know, what Brentford are all about and what they're good at and there's, they've, they've taken the scouts yeah. of many top, top mm-hmm. teams at, at Brentford we know that from this season and last season um, yeah. I just think I think where the alarm bells ring and I know that Cody is going to add something to them and they've got you know of course injured players yeah. up there but I, I, I worry less about the final third attacking wise of Liverpool and more about everything else yeah. I mean, the, the midfield has been talked about a lot this is another example yeah. that they, they badly need some physicality, some running, some aggression uh, in, in that area. And defensively, Rob, they still, I mean, like, and I know I, I feel yeah. like a broken record, right, with, with Trent Alexander-Arnold. And he's, he's, you know, of course, again, we always say it, brilliant, brilliant going forward. But when Liverpool mm. play yeah. and, and uh, the ball turns over, they play with three at the back, Liverpool. They play with three at the back. Trent's, yeah. Trent's very rarely there. And Klopp knows that. And he, he says that what we ask him to do, we don't expect him to be... Well, may, maybe you should expect him to do that. Yeah. Or maybe you should do something different. That right side of area, I, I, you know, we can't see every single game and every goal that they can see. But so many come into that area. There was another goal, wasn't there, where a, where a header comes in, where he mm. didn't... I can't remember which goal it was. We sir. We Yeah, he's yeah. in between. We sir with the header. And, yeah, the, he, and he's, he's, he's worrying about the man yeah, outside him. Yeah. To be fair, there's two men for him, right? And we know that. But of course, in the game, you mm. know that if you're the fullback and there's two, well, you get, you make the, you go to the most dangerous player, and that's the one. You make the central man, to, don't you? The guy in yeah, front of the goal is a danger. Guy, leave yeah. the guy behind you, and he didn't, and he, he was slow coming across. And it's like, I know a combination of midfield protection that is nowhere near as good as it has been, um, yeah. and a back yeah. four that's not. It's three and a half, and that's not easy. So when, when, when the opponents can get in midfield, they can turn, they can get their head up, they can pop balls over the top, they can cross balls in. If there's only mm. three back there that, that are high and there's a ton of space behind them. I, it, it, I remember last year, Rob, I remember, I think I had some pushback from Liverpool fans. You always talk about them defensively. They've got the best this and the best defensive record. And they were brilliant last year, Liverpool, with 92 points or something. But I remember yeah. sort of thinking, yeah. God, they, they, oh, they, they risk it and... Oh, they scored goals, they win games, but they, it's on the edge, they, they it's on the on edge, the edge yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And this year it's gone over that edge where the goals are coming mm. through now. Another three goals and, and so many holes. When you watch Liverpool play, Rob, and you, you see opponents like, wow, there's a ton of space for them to, to go forward. Yeah. So it continues, you know, and Jurgen Klopp maybe continue to, to be on the front foot and, and, and trust his players when they get the ball into attack. And it's just like, gosh... It's, it doesn't look like a Jurgen Klopp team, Rob, and that's got to be concerning to no. all who, no. who work in the club and, of course, watch the team play every week. 
And I think the, th- the thing for me, Rob, is if, if it's not a Jurgen Klopp team that we're used to, who played at such an intensity and, and such a speed line, they played like Brentford played, but with more ability. And, and that's how they used to beat teams. Now, if they're not going to be able to bring that, and the midfield is, is without doubt one of the key areas, just the, the setup, the intensity, the pressing from there is not happening. So all of a sudden, your high line's now so, is so exposed to anybody who can play balls in behind and yeah. play through the through the press. It, does does you does Jurgen have to think of another plan? Do they have to go a different way, or are we talking about changes? When, when you look at, at, at you know, Fabinho now. Henderson, Thiago, they don't have that, that, that same intensity that those players had three years ago that, yeah. that could put that pressure on, could make, you know, they set, set the tone. Is he going to have to try and play a little bit more of a possessing type, you know, playing his balls through that front three that looked like, you know, Nunez, I know, didn't score again, but the threats are there and I, sh- I, sh- I just feel the goals will come. He's just got to keep getting there. He's got to concentrate a little bit more on, his, on that finishing touch. But is it a different Liverpool we're going to see on the clock, Rob? Or is he going to have to kind of change this group to go back to what gave them success in the past? Well, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question, Rob, isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, off the top of my head, I, I sort of think, you know, with the front players they've got there, they don't really want to do too much defensive work. So have three real yeah. physical like they did with Ronaldo, um, Henderson, and Fabinho Midfield, in there. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, Henderson like, and Fabinho. God, it's yeah. so difficult to get past that area before you got to the back four. Um, but last year mm. they they nearly won the league. They nearly won four titles with with Thiago in there and, and Henderson and Fabinho. So I don't know if you're Jurgen Klopp, he's probably thinking well, we can't be a million miles away from what we did last year. We, we almost won so much stuff. So mm. it's a difficult one. I mean, absolutely, physicality in midfield. Jude Bellingham will be. A perfect, perfect yeah, player, yeah, of course. Cool. You know, whether that's going to happen in the summer, you know, talk about Real Madrid, apparently, you know, on the right path to signing him. It was big news today, I think, in Marca in, yeah. in Spain. Um, so it's his, he's got to, I guess he's got to show how great he is, Rob, to try and tweak it a little bit and get him back on track. I still, I still look at the squad, I still look at the attacking footballers and think, God, there's still a good team there. There's still a good team there. Um, yeah. Big Virgil yeah, van Dijk, yeah. Rob looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks, which is a, which yeah, is yeah, months or so, didn't it? So I think they're yeah. talking about months, months yeah. with a hamstring. Yeah, so tough times, tough times for them a little bit, you know. Yeah, mm. but well done Brentford, well done Brentford, and the club up. Yeah, lost the credit to Brentford, Thomas Frank. I mean, like you say, no Ivan Tony, you know, doesn't worry about it. Sets his team up. We saw Nambomo up the top. You know, the midfield players who can play. Lovely setup. Henry on, on on the right side, Roslev on the other. Uh, a lot of credit to, to Thomas yeah. Frank because you know his team always look well organised, always know what they're doing. Rarely see a poor performance where they're not at it, they're not trying. They get beat some days because the opposition might be better, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's a credit to them. I said the GTEC is like a graveyard to a big club. You go there and you don't turn up. Uh, that, that, that's a group who are going to run all run all over. Brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Uh, let's move it on to uh, our final game before we go to a few other results. And that was um, Tottenham away at Crystal Palace. Uh, the Tottenham team we've known that I think had conceded in 10 games, all competitions, the first goal, first off performances, not particularly good and this one was carried along that line but certainly good in the second half mate good enough to uh, put four goals past Palace and take a little bit of the, the pressure if there's, if it's pressure is the right word on Antonio Conte and his team in terms of tactics really I think we all just feel like why can't Spurs go for games in the early start and, and get themselves ahead and then maybe if they have to defend or they have to play a little bit different um, but this Maybe bears truth to the way that, that Conte wants to do it, Rob. If they can keep a clean sheet in the first half and then they can open up in the second, maybe that's the way he feels they're going to get top four. Yeah, I think it's important to, to note that I thought Tottenham started the game better, Rob. The start of the game, the first half. I thought they... Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, the first... making a note, like, this is better. They're passing the ball. They're, they're, they're passing the ball. They're keeping possession. They're moving... I thought for 15, 20 minutes yeah. they started well. Then it dropped off. Yeah, I think yeah, for 15 to 20, off. and then all of a sudden Palace came into it. Yeah, yeah, they dropped off, yeah. Yeah, and Palace looked at good chances, and I think at half-time, we were in the studio, mm-hmm. guys, the other guys were in the studio, and they sort of said, like, you know, Palace looked the more dangerous team, which I agree with, um, had better opportunities. And second half, yeah. you know, it changed again, and um, they started to more progressive. Mm-hmm. And Harry Kane, isn't it? I mean, it's just, it's just Harry Kane. Um, to be fair, brilliant, but have played on the left-hand side, and Ivan Perisic's quality with that little dinked ball... Uh, he heads yeah. it in. Um, I mean, the, once they score the first goal, then they're in total control because they know what's going to happen. They know the team's going to come back. Yeah. And, and they are brilliant at the counter-attacking. And uh, you know, Hyomin Sun takes his goal really, mm. really well. And Doherty as well. I mean, it, it, was, it, it was a good day for, for, for Spurs. I can't unsee other performances recently, Rob, from them. I can't forget about... You know some of the performances and how yeah, they can see yeah, yeah. and some of the awful some results of the that they've had. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like when you've got Harry Kane, I think he said it afterwards. You, you know, you got a chance. I think there was a, I think in the UK the, mm. the Sky Show, Sky Sports Show over there talked about you know is, is, is if Spurs continue with Harry Kane being fit, they're going to finish in the top four. I don't know whether I totally agree with that with recent yeah. performances, but Kane's a special player. He's a special player, and his, his second goal, Rob, where he, he touches it and. And an early strike into the far corner. I mean, it, it, it's top stuff. And, um, yeah, it's just it's called the jets of people like us that have jumped on Spurs. Like, God, you know, it should be better than this, given the players yeah. and the excuses about, you know, he's got these players and we can't get in the top four, et cetera, et cetera. That's better. That's better, Tottenham. And, and that's what needs to be the, mm. kind of the, the yeah. blueprint, but the way they should approach games. Because, again, they started the game on the front foot, trying to play, and um, I think it was Danny Higginbotham that made the point in our show, Rob, about the, them wing-backs getting forward. Well, wing-backs can get yeah. forward when your yeah, team yeah. pass the ball. If you don't have the ball and they have exactly it, the ball. You, yeah. you, you, I mean, yeah. you've just got to yeah. go back, and that's when you get mm. the five at the back. If you have the ball, you knock it around yeah. a little bit. Wing-backs, mm. I've done it. I've played a wing-back position for, for, for quite a few get games forward, for yeah. Middlesbrough. 
you, you edge forward and you and you say, oh, this is good. I'm, I'm like a right winger mm. and not like a right fullback. So the, the fullbacks forward, yes, important, but you've got to play to enable them to get forward. So that was better. Yeah. So let's see, Rob, if they can keep it going. Yeah, and you think of the players who were, who were missing, like Benton Kerr was missing, Richarlison missing, Kulisevsky yeah. missing. Yeah. I mean, they're three players who make Spurs a lot better. So, yeah. you know, I think it's just that, that kind of when they do sit back, when they do allow the opposition and maybe better finishers or a bit more clinical team than, than Crystal Palace were who created one or two good chances, actually. At least, say, I thought, I thought was, was, yeah. was very good again, obviously, Zaha. As a, you know, when you've got those three in that are you as a front four, you, you're going to be tested. But, you know, better opposition, Rob, or, you know, somebody maybe has a bit of luck in front of goal when, when Spurs go in that kind of defensive mould just means that it's so much harder then to, to, to you know, get back in the game as, as they found out against Aston Villa uh, the game before. So it, it's hard to, you know, it's difficult to, 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 to weigh Spurs up, really. You see that Villa performance one week and then you see the Palace, which is, you know, probably what Conte wants. Uh, the, the the next game and and it's uh, difficult but but listen with him in charge and and you know Harry Kane if he can stay fit continues to score goals what is it fifteen now in the, in the Premier League I, I mean he's only six behind Haaland as much as um, yeah. you know Haaland's flying with, with twenty one but um, you know Spurs with with those two with Conte and with Haaland if they could get Hyungmin Sun back scoring goals may just feel they can again nick full space place um, as we come to the end of the table yeah Rob let's just let's just um we're going to touch the U.S. soccer situation with the Berhalter Giorena stuff we're going to touch that just afterwards but before we we get on to that let's just sum up the other results Rob and, yeah. and pick out some some results that uh, okay that yeah, yeah interesting what do you think yeah hmm uh, well, Everton won Brighton four. Uh, Roberto De Zerbi just continues, you know, I think in five games. He didn't get a win in his first five games. And, you know, I'm saying that just for confidence and for morale, it'd be important to do. They've gone the other way now and, and totally played Everton uh, off the park here at, at Goodison Park um, in that one. Puts a bit more pressure on Frank Lampard. So a little mention for uh, Roberto De Zerbi and Brighton. I want to go to Leicester City and Fulham, Rob, um, because... Uh, interesting game for two teams who, you know, certainly Leicester would, would, would feel that they should be getting all three points in that at home against a newly promoted team. But it was Fulham who got the win, courtesy of another Mitrovic goal. And I'm going to go straight to my underappreciated performer of the week. And I think he's a guy I've mentioned a couple of times on air. Marco Silva, my friend. Marco Silva is a young 45-year-old, still only 45-year-old coach who... Came into the Premier League for Portuguese football, was manager at Hull. We saw some good signs there. I think even though Hull got relegated, he went in at Watford, had a shorty spell at Watford, um, a little bit of um, unrest when he left to go to, to Everton. Watford fans obviously not happy with that. He goes to Everton. Things don't work out as we've seen with Everton, a number of managers. Uh, he finds his way to Fulham, gets promotion with Fulham, and leads him into the Premier League. And I've always, you know, unfortunately for Fulham, Fulham have always been that yo-yo team coming up where you think that they, you know, do well in the Championship, come into the Premier League and don't ever quite work it out. Well, from the first day of the season, really, Rob, they were at home to Liverpool, uh, they drew two weeks and they were unlucky not to win that day. And I kind of said, this looks a different Fulham, let's see how this continues. Well, not only has it continued, I think it's got better. I think they've got 
they've got a better understanding of the Premier League. There's more physicality about them. They, in Mitrovic, they they know they've got a goal score and they build a team around it. Mm. The likes of Pereira, Polinho, uh, mm. Willian, mm. Tim Ream, Anthony um, Rodgers. I could go on and on, Robinson. Um, performers, Rob, who surprised me, I have to say, and I hold my hands up. I thought Fulham again would be one of the three down there struggling to just, you know, with the strength of the Premier League, have been brilliant and they've been outstandingly coached by Marco Silva, who delivers a bit of credit because he's, he's had a bit of bad, bad rap from um, English media over the time um, and he looks like he's he's got this one right and he, he, he looks to me, Rob, as though he's a little bit... He's, He's a bit more humbled by what's happened in the past, and he's, he's out to prove a point. And I just think it's a load of credit for, for Fulham, who are sitting, I think it's seventh in the table. They've got 28 points at this point, Rob. I think it's after 18 games. They only got 28 points all season the last time they were in the Premier League. Mm. I mean, that's how well they've done um, from this, this season. So, a little mention my underappreciated performer of the week. Marco Silva at Fulham Football Club. Well, it's a perfect kind of selection, Rob, for this like little thing that we do every week, Rob, you know, in terms of underappreciated. I mean, it mm. really is a perfect selection because he, he has been underappreciated. And Everton, they booted him out when they were in pretty good position yeah. in the league table. He's shown mm-hmm. himself to be a good manager. And that's going to be, you know, other... other God, they, they, they'd like him back now, by the way, well, wouldn't I, they? I know. I, that's what I mean. I think other clubs will... <laughs> Everton just, wouldn't mind him back right now. I know, absolutely right. So I think it's a good shout. And it, it's pretty remarkable. And, I, and I've admitted um, being wrong with this mm. straight away because I thought the three going up we're going to come back down again well Fulham aren't and that's brilliant brilliant work we knew that Mitrovic had the yeah. potential to score goals in the Premier League mm. Rob but the rest of the team like you said the yeah. signings and stuff it's been remarkable and another great result against Fuller, uh, against Leicester the excitement's there with them yeah. Rob promotion Leicester, playing yeah. well you know and, and uh, the excitement isn't there with Leicester so much so fair, fair play it's a good shout Brighton uh, I think when you mentioned them mm. couldn't agree more I think De Zerbi, by the way is going places I think he's I think he's uh, I think he's a special manager, and I think Brighton have done brilliant work to bring him in again, somebody else yeah. that might look to climb in the future, and sorry, Brighton fans and stuff, but that's maybe a while off. But I think the two games that you've talked yeah. about is, a, is just a reminder of this league and the manager that we've got there. Just going down the list, um, yeah. talking about managers that need a result, Steve Cooper, not in a fast role, they've got to Southampton and win... Uh, 1-0 massive yeah. result for them I saw the celebrations oh, no. afterwards and what it looked like to, to Steve Cooper he's absolutely yeah. buzzing he is right now and they're climbing away or out of that um, bottom three for Nottingham Forest out, out the bottom three aren't they yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a nightmare for Southampton and this whole project of this new ownership and how they're going to do things and they were going to trust youth more than anybody had ever trusted youth before um, the same thing with the manager mm. they've gone with, with Jones as a manager that's they think he's been underappreciated and undervalued, coming from Luton Town, which always looked like a big step up. That's four games now, Robert, yeah. and four losses for him. Um, do you think? Yeah, four four straight losses. Yeah. Are they? Could they change him? Could this be one of them? Uh, okay, we made a mistake. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, Rob. <laughs> this is this is Premier League, and they could change. What 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 I'm. Um... Listen, they, they, they went down a certain route with a with an experienced Premier League manager, inexperienced squad. Yeah. You know, a young coach so that can you know touch the buttons hasn't worked. But, but what I would have liked, Rob, is somewhere. And I was trying to think who the person I'm thinking of, and, and nobody should be straight to mind. But leave it with me by the time the next podcast. Rob. 
I just think because of his lack of Premier League understanding and 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 knowledge and and hands-on experience uh, on, on the ground, a number two, Rob. I want I want an experienced uh, number yeah. two who yeah. can help the manager and also be part be be help the players out. You know, mm. you know you know football as well as I know. There'll be a WhatsApp group of of players who are going. I'm not sure this guy knows what he's doing. By the way, we've we we have eight changes at system in in the four games. We've had eight, so many players coming in. We haven't won a game. You know, footballers are harsh, Rob, and you know the world yeah. that it's in. You know what dressing rooms are like. Yeah. He just might need somebody who helps him and somebody who can go in and talk to the players who's been there. And again, I'm I'm not sure off the top of my head who that is, but there's somebody out there who's got lots of prem of experience, who's been around it, who would like to get their, their foot back in the door. Well, I mean, a good club like Southampton that yeah. it's so to interrupt you, somebody yeah, so, well, Sean Dyche, isn't it? Should have come Sean, with Sean, it. Sean Dyche is, is somebody that's on the sideline in the Premier League now, and Sean Dyche, whether it's and I, and I would mm. imagine Everton are probably thinking about Sean Dyche right now, Rob, but he's. He's proven himself to be a stayer in the Premier League. And I, I don't think the fit, given the Southampton owners and the sport of public and that, what they're trying to go for, I, I, I don't think it that, And I'm not sure Sean Dyche would take that job, Rob. Everton, maybe for them, uh, after losing... Mm. Uh, of course, the pressure's now on Frank Lampard. Yeah. We talk about uh, Zerbi at Brighton, but that's an awful result for Everton Football Club, losing 4-1 at home to Brighton. Um, whether Sean Dyche is waiting for the phone to ring... I mean, Sean Dyche, sorry to go backwards a yeah. little bit, Rob, but just quickly on that, do you think Sean Dyche would be a good fit to go into Everton if they wanted to make a change there? Yeah. I, I said before, I think there's more to Sean Dyche than just what we saw at Burnley. Uh, I think you get an instant respect. I think you get an instant buy-in because of what he's done at the uh, football club before. I think you, you can play a little bit more enterprising football than people give him credit for if he's got the players to do it and he's he's got the he's got the personality to go into that football club and and be the boss be the gaffer that that this football club needs rob you've got to have a bit of personality you've got to have something about he's got good humor he can be strong when he needs to i think players will listen to him um you know and i think he'd get instant he'll get instant um Buy in, and I think yeah. that's a problem for Everton. If, if, if it's one of those that takes too long, listen, we're, we're, the season's eating away. Mm, yeah, just just to summarise, Rob, Rob, before we get into this other stuff, um, just quickly, Leeds United. Uh, that's yeah. That, I didn't see that. I just saw the highlights of that game: two-two against West Ham United. Fun game, as Leeds games always are. Yeah, they're came up, back and down, they're up, they're they're yeah. Down. yeah. So there's that one. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I think Wolves are, are going to improve under Lovategi. They got a one-one draw against Aston Villa. Yeah, they themselves yeah. done pretty well. Um, and that that kind of rouses up the this. Well, it's, I think it's week nineteen, Rob. But because of the uh, the passing of the Queen, uh, there's only eighteen. It's, it's kind of eighteen yeah. games being played right now. We've got, I think we're one more match week into being halfway Correct. in the season. Um, okay, in some yeah. ways a, tr- a tough transition, Rob. But we wanted. I mean, we don't talk a lot about U.S. soccer and stuff, and we don't talk MLS. And, and but th- there's such no. a big story that we just wanted to. I don't know, have a little a little chat mm. about. Uh, this Gio Reyna to touch on it, yeah, and uh, Greg Berhalter mm. and um, Claudio and Danielle Reyna and this situation, Rob. And uh, mm. wow, I, I, in, all, in all my time in, in, in the professional game, I don't think I've <laughs> ever heard a story like this 
where yeah. <laughs> again I, I I hope I get my kind of facts right here, but of course Giorena was was not involved in a lot of the games and that became clear pretty early. And the message gets back to Gio's yeah. mother and father about this, um, that aren't particularly thrilled about it. Uh, and then, of course, on returning, um, Greg Berhalter did a, a private event, and I think it was off-the-record conversation, Rob, and it kind of became apparent yeah. that the yeah. Giorena's behavior, he was the one that, you know, they thought about sending home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, the Rainers found out about it, and basically... They were on a phone call to U.S. Soccer to say, um, I think you should know about this mm-hmm. situation with Greg Berhalter with his then-girlfriend, Rob, uh, 31 years ago, yeah. which is something that he, of course, he addressed it, and he said he's incredibly ashamed about it. He got counseling. Um, yeah. They, they end up coming back together again. I think he's just, just past 25 years of marriage. Um, and that's being brought 25 up years of marriage with his, with his wife, yeah, yeah, four children. And it's yeah. awful what he did with the girlfriend back then, of course. But that to be brought up by, mm. by a parent yeah, of one of, of your players as a retribution, really, of mm. the treatment that their son was getting, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen that. A former professional as well, Rob. A, 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 no, a former professional, by the way, who, who's been in the game, who's, you know, Got good standing in the game. Great standing in the game. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I, he was a brilliant player, by the way, Cladarina. Played against him when he was at Sunderland Football Club and Man yeah. City. Oh, yeah. What a good yeah, player. And what a lovely bloke, yeah. by the way. I've met him yeah, a few times. Brilliant. Been in lovely his company. Guy. Lovely, lovely, lovely guy. guy. Yeah. Can, you, can you get mm. your head around that, mm. Rob? That a, 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 the parents of a... No, no. That they, they say, I'm going to get him. No. Here, this is what you should know about the manager. I, I've never no, I've no. never heard that before. What do you think about it, apart from being very, very sad? Well, well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you went on the detail because obviously, you know, we're giving the headline details of a very uh, intricate situation which fell at the lap of, of US soccer. Um, couldn't believe it, really, Rob. And, and the thing that, that disappointed me most is it's, it's a really terrible look, terrible glow on US soccer. Uh, and we 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 we've been we've been in this country now you you longer than I and and one of the things we try and do is promote football as best we can, not just Premier League because Premier League is obviously the bit where we work on but you've worked on other leagues for other companies while you're here. I've worked in in the MLS spent uh, three years when I first came over. You know, we 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 appreciate other leagues and other players in football. We just you know are here to try and grow the game here, Rob, and put it in a better light. And when I first came to American football, I couldn't believe um, how in youth football people would sh- shout at coaches and tell coaches what to do and, 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 and you know, why isn't my son playing? And, and I kind of got used to it and ended up having to get used to it, but couldn't quite understand it because it wasn't the kind of thing we ever saw back in the UK in, in, in youth, youth football. And... What America's basically done is taken one of those, you know, every coach in every state will have had some parent who's felt entitlement and felt their son hasn't got, or daughter hasn't got the, the rubber the green and wanted to say something to the coach. And I can't believe we're, see, we're playing this out on the biggest stage of international football that gives a terrible look to American football. American football's got its challenges, Rob, for its size. For its pay for play, for its 
not at times joined up kind of pyramid to get players through from the youth system. It's got its issues that it has to still deal with. But when you're talking about this kind of entitlement for, for something, I, I just think it, it's sent the game backwards and is why people will say it'll never be taken seriously as long as these kind of things are still happening. Can you imagine... Jack Grealish's mum writing to 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 the, the SA and saying that so, you know and saying that Gareth Southgate had a situation back when he was at Middlesbrough as a player. Mm. I mean, it's it's incredible to think that that, that that this is even happening, Rob. It's like a soap opera. I don't know who's going to play Beholter, and I don't know who's going to play Rayner in in the in the in the, yeah. Um, yeah. the soap opera that's going to come sure. out the documentary because it, it's definitely going to be played out, absolutely played out. And, and by the way, what makes it more kind of sad is that they were great friends. These are fa- these are close family friends yeah. involved here. Yeah. The whole to playing with uh, Reina. There's been photographs of them in the same team and, and cuddling. Yeah. And, uh, I mean that that the whole thing again. And I know the, 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 they're all they're involved. I think the, the wives played football together or, or same university or something. Um, yeah, it, it, some room, I, mean, I think they were roommates or something. Yeah. It's, so it's it's like you said. Did, it's a show. It's a, it's going to be a documentary how, or, a, how, or a film about it. Hmm. How do you see the situation with Greg Berhalter? Because there was some who were suggesting maybe he wouldn't, you know, get his contract renewed anyway. This can't do him any good, Rob, can it, in, in some respects? And I almost feel it could be, a, a, if the US soccer don't want Greg now, they've got a great yeah. reason to, to not offer him the contract and take it elsewhere. Yeah, I think you're probably uh, probably going to be right, Rob. I think it's, I think I'm right in saying his contract is up. Um, I, I, I have yeah. enjoyed... The way that he's the team is playing under him, and over a period of time now, mm. and I know that there's been criticisms along the way. I just like the proactive style of Greg Berhalter and the way that he wants his team to play. Given the yeah. talent that's coming through in all areas of the national team, particularly in the midfield area for the U.S., um, I kind of like it. Like they're playing yeah. football. They're in the. They were great against England. They're proactive. They're attacking. You know, at times maybe yeah. a little bit. Um, Naive and a bit gung ho in terms of attacking, leave themselves a little bit caught defensively. But I've kind of liked it, so I, I was interested to see this project continue with Berhalter, mm. continues as the manager, um, because I think he's done a good job. And yeah. I think the players we spoke to, um, who did we speak to? We spoke to Tyler Adams, Robert, of course, on the side of the pitch to Ellen Road. No, Charlie, yeah, yeah. And he said, how, mm. how like I asked him about that, and it's absolutely you enjoy playing for him, and the, and the style of play is good, and yeah. and there's been progression yeah. and. And, you know, the whole point of the, the world thinking differently about American soccer, I agree with. And I think it happened. I think the respect for the way that they played is yeah. pretty good. So to think that this is probably going to come to an end is, is, for me, disappointing. But, I mean, if you're U.S. soccer, Rob, and, you know, there's been conflict in the past, you know, with the women's team yeah. and how they've been treated, and now this situation flags up. They've got investigators on this, this story from 30-odd years ago. It's it's you know I, I feel like U.S. soccer yeah. are gonna are gonna make a stand that that behaviour towards towards female in that way the kicking out is unacceptable at, at any point mm. and um, like you said I think it's an easy way to say you know what that's not okay and you're not going to get offered a new contract that's what I think is probably going to happen. Yeah, it, it's such a sad situation, Robert. And and do you know what I was, I was thinking today? And it's a quite delicate kind of situation but but I wanted to, to to mention it anyway that you know oh you know during the world cup we 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 lost a, a great 
person in, in, in American football here, Grant, Grant Wall, yes. and, and, you know, how much he was a champion for the sport and how much he mm. devoted his life to lifting football up and making American football part of a serious conversation. And I just think these, you know, this, this, this man lost his life in the World Cup and, and, and it, it dedicated his life to, 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 for the betterment of, of US soccer. I just think everybody involved should be ashamed of themselves, should should hang their heads, really, mm. because they, they, they've hurt American football now. It, it, it's become something of a laughing stock when we're stop. talking like, yeah. you know, parents are getting involved. Parents are getting involved with the, the non-playing of a player. That's what happens in U9s, Rob, not yeah. international football. Yeah, level. getting rid of the coach. Um, and they should, they should all, who are involved, yeah, hang, yeah and, and eventually to get rid of the coach. And then what will, does that mean Gio's going to play now? You know, it, it's, it's, so, it's so sad. It's such a sad thing. Yeah, well, we'll see, mate. We'll see how that but, shakes out. That's and, enough um, said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, mate, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, sad news to, to end on. But we have come to the end of the effective fixtures. Uh, Manchester City closed the gap on Arsenal to five points at the top of the table. It's the big six we expected in the top spots, if you had Newcastle. So I suppose it's the big six we expected in the top spots, minus Chelsea. They're sitting in 10th. There's work for Graham Potter to do. We'll be back on January the 15th. That is match week 19, and that's after the FA Cup third round games. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.